Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. So uh, now we go to our guy, uh, Steve Ashburner, senior writer for NBA.com. And Steve, uh, I don't know if you have the, the number off the top of your head, but the team, when they come into a split that wins game three, often goes on to win the series. Is that why this is such a big game for the Bucks tonight? Well, I mean, yeah, math matters. I, I think I heard something that's around 70%. Um, so that's, you know, that's considerable. And, and uh, now, let, you know, I want to know if that stat has filtered out first-round series because, you know, usually the far superior team in the 1-8 or 2-7 matchups, they're playing on the road, and, and yet they, you know, they're, they're able to win a lot of times in sweeps. I mean, then you have to you – have to, started at this round i would think where, where there's a little bit more even match when you've got just the top four teams in each conference that are uh still alive um i, I don't know what the stat adjusted for that might be but yeah game game three is pivotal because from that point on uh, you know one team or the other is facing real pressure now i thought the bucks faced real pressure after the opener because the idea of them losing uh both games in Milwaukee, they're already lost home court advantage, and for them to uh, go to Boston down 0-2 um, would have been, I think, um, sort of a uh, irredeemable kind of a position to be in. So, but but yeah, when, once it gets to be 2-1, well now you know you're going to go down 3-1. I mean, there's there's a little extra urgency on one of the teams, and um, yeah, it, it it it's pivotal. It's not everything. I mean, the Bucks could lose game three and win game four and you'd have uh, or flip it around and have it be Boston and then you're down to a best of three series. Um, so I don't want to put too much emphasis on, on, on the historical things. I, I think that there are more important stats and, and you know, matchup reveals that, uh, you know, that are, that are going to tell us more about it. What, what, what are they? What, what's, what's big tonight? I mean, if you're sitting there as courtside and you're looking at things going, okay, um, this I'm going to pay attention to because tonight this, I believe, is going to be pivotal in this ballgame. What would it be? Well, I think the um, three-point shooting, how the how the Bucks shoot on the road here in, in Boston at TD Garden, uh, you know, they, they took 47 three-pointers in game two. And, you know, people that are critical of the three-point mania in this league, I mean, including Greg Popovich, will just say, you know, this, this NBA has been reduced to a league where you, you check a, a stat sheet and whoever took more three-pointers wins. And when you take 47 threes, they make 20 of them. I mean, that's, that, that's going to carry you a long way. So, you know, with the Bucks and the way they're committed to playing, you always have to look at that. Um, conversely, you, you kind of have to look at Boston's um, efficiency on two-point shots because the two-point shots that aren't in the paint – uh, Milwaukee seems content to uh, yield, mm-hmm. and that's what undid them in in Game One. So you know that sort of matchup matchup stats like that. I, I don't think anyone following the Bucks um, would complain about how that game uh, was called on uh, Tuesday night. I think the uh, 
um, you know, the, the whistles were very much um, favorable to Milwaukee. And, um, you know, when, when you've got, uh, what is it, they've, they've outshot the Celtics from the, uh, from the foul line by, I think, about, I think about 20 free throws in two games. Yeah. So you think that's going to continue on, on the Celtics court? I mean, that's something to watch. Um, we all know we look for Giannis and Kyrie to step up big. One of the guys that we kind of looked at and focused on uh, because Bledsoe did not have a good series against Boston last year, didn't play well right. in game one, game two, he not only played well and shot the ball well, but I thought he defended Kyrie extremely well, picking him up at about three quarter court and kind of sticking in his hip pocket. To me, if Bledsoe has another good night, he continues to feel it and guys around him continue to kind of sense it. I, I well, he could be one of those key factors. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, I was I was almost stunned at um, uh, Kyrie Irving's lack of effectiveness, especially after that game one performance, which was so solid, and um, everything seemed to to be in sync for the Celtics. And then for him to put up shots that uh, seemed impatient, seemed forced, they seemed like latent shot clock shots, and and they weren't. There were you know five, six, eight seconds left. I mean, he's he's renowned for making difficult shots but he was more making his shots difficult. And, and I thought that was uh, uncharacteristic. He was at peace afterwards, it seemed to me, where he sort of had already analyzed what he had done wrong and how that had hurt the others on, you know, in his offense. I think the Bucks defense switching, which is uncharacteristic for them, um, sort of knocked Boston off of its uh, normal rhythm. But that surprise factor won't be there this time. So... Bledsoe can have a good game, but I mean, unless he, you know, picks Irving's pocket four or five times for um, uh, transition baskets, uh, that's not going to stop uh, Kyrie from having a much improved game. Uh, we thought Miritich putting him in the starting lineup, going with a bigger lineup, using him defensively. Uh, Jalen Brown got to him and got him foul in foul trouble rather quickly, but yep. it it. it it was just one of those subtle adjustments that I thought rang big, uh, and, and it really did kind of change a little bit of the complexity of the game because it was so difficult to get on the inside for the for the uh, for the Celtics against the Bucks. Uh, and, and we've no Budenholz has already said I'm sticking with this lineup. Um, and we also found out Brogdon isn't going to play. How much does all of this, in your mind, play into what's going to happen tonight? Well, I mean, it's all involved. Uh, you know, I mean, when when. Uh... Obviously, they wanted Meritich to do better as a scorer. He only hit his, his last uh, three-point attempt, and, and things were well in hand by then. Um, but when they said, well, you know, he was really good with his defense. I mean, how often do you hear Nikola Meritich being mentioned for his defensive chops? Right. Not very often. So, um, you know, is that something you can rely on? Was that a fluke? Was that simply, well, his offense wasn't there, so we'll talk about his defense? I mean, We'll see. Uh, you would you'd like to think that he would be more of a threat offensively because that not only helps the Bucks on the scoreboard, it helps Giannis because it pulls defenders, you know, out to the perimeter. Um, Brogdon's not going to play tonight. Marcus Smart's not going to play. But if you're reading the tea leaves and looking at the calendar and the fact that they're two off days before Game Four Monday, um, you know that's a big gap there in which a few extra. Oh, drills and uh, contact practices or whatever they're looking for can take place. I mean, the word in Boston is that uh, don't be surprised if Marcus Smart plays on Monday. And and I would think that, um, you know, regardless of what happens in the outcome tonight, that 
it sounds like Malcolm is, is awfully close himself. So you get today, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday up until tip-off. That's a lot of extra time to uh, prepare. I think both those guys might be back for game four. Who is the better X's and O's coach in your mind, whether it's Budenholzer or Stevens? Uh, you know, both those guys have uh, forgotten more basketball X's and O's than I'll ever know. Um, you know, you go by reputation and things. Um, uh, Budenholzer has the pedigree from his days in San Antonio and, you know, demonstrated some some uh, impressive achievements in Atlanta. Um, Brad Stevens is considered far and wide as, as one of the bright young minds of the uh, of the NBA. And people, people drool over his... Uh, uh, ATO uh, maneuvers, the after timeout plays that, that the Celtics won. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, you know, try to uh, rank those two guys. I, I think they're both, they're both clicking real well with the clubs that they have. Um, Budenholzer had a, a, a far better regular season. Um, Boston expected to be the 60 victory team and fell well short of that. And you know, but different dynamics too with the rosters. They, they had a team that, you know, probably prematurely got satisfied with the playoffs and started thinking nothing really matters until we're back in the playoffs. And um, the Bucks, by contrast, I think were bottled up and ready for more success than they had had under uh, Jason Kidd. And so they, you know, they had been, they really responded to this new coaching staff because in my opinion, Milwaukee needed to sort of make up for a missed opportunity last year when they should have uh, advanced around just for development's sake. And and so now they're you know they're at a point where okay this is uh, we have to fast track things by an extra season which to me implies they need to get beyond this series at least to to consider the season a success. Steve, great stuff. We appreciate it. I know we're going to chat more throughout the regular or throughout the postseason, and uh, we'll touch base here in a few weeks. Okay. Okay, Bill. Good Thanks, buddy. To you. Thanks. Talk to you soon. There you go, Steve Ashburner, senior writer for the NBA, NBA.com. You can read his stuff there. He is in Boston. He's going to be there to witness up close and personal the contest coming up tonight, Game 3 between the Boston Celtics and the Milwaukee Bucks. He joined us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard. They treat you fair. 80-plus years. They've been getting it done. Call them, 844-PRIDE. Go to schneiderjobs.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.